following is a podcast edition of the May 2023 Pride Nation 101 episode that aired on KZYXNZ, listener-powered community radio for Mendocino County and beyond, and KMUD, listener-powered community radio for Humboldt County, Redwood Community Radio. And we shall not forget KCXU, low-powered community radio for San Jose, San Mateo County. Engaging, diverse community voices. If you prefer a version with all the fabulous copyrighted music that we put into the original, we can't help you. Very sorry. The gods of music licensing and their minions of lawyers control us all. Welcome to Pride Nation 101, queer music, stories, opinions, and lives coming to you from Mendocino County and beyond. We are your beautiful bisexual hosts, Roland Corey Medina and Chad Oliver Swimmer. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to give you a content and trigger warning. We're going to be talking about suicide, assault, and transphobia, all while analyzing the myriad of anti-trans bills and propaganda permeating throughout the U.S., Thank you for listening and stay tuned. If someone is disappointed in Missouri because they can't harm kids here, we are better if they are gone. Transgenderism must be eradicated. First you hated black people, then you hated Jews. Now you're hating everybody. I'm 12 years old and I shouldn't be here right now because Texas isn't safe for kids like me. It's like we have mutants living among us on planet Earth where God created men Male and women, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, and all of your demons and all of your imps. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you are part of this world. You're claiming that this bill is stopping irreversible damage, but you are doing irreversible damage to these kids. And he didn't even talk to the one person in this body who actually knows what it's like to be scared to death as a 13, 14-year-old kid of anyone finding out that you're actually trans. these new laws, we have actually had to sit down and have a conversation and ask, are we safe Should my spouse be arrested down the street. You have no idea what you're doing. I want to acknowledge that there have been 250 anti-LGBTQ pieces of legislation introduced across America this year. That is a conversation that we have been forced to have, and it's not because... Or have a bunch of directly targeted trans people. You have no idea the harm you're causing. They're not trying to help us. They're trying to concentrate. Senator, kids are going to kill themselves because of this law. Kids are going to kill themselves. Kids are going to kill themselves. Kids are going to kill themselves. If I asked you how many openly transgender people you knew, would you be able to name someone? I'm willing to bet the majority of our listeners can list at least one trans person that they know of. Maybe they're a close friend or relative, an employee they talk to a lot at the grocery store, your favorite bartender at the bar near your job. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I know for a fact that whoever you thought of just wants to live their life as normally and as stress-free as possible, just like the rest of the planet. But if you've been paying any attention to the news, you know that's going to be tricky going forward. Over 500 bills labeled as anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced in 49 states as of writing this. Over half of these proposed laws are directly attacking transgender people. A small percentage have been signed into law and many more are still currently in committee. These culprits are who you might expect, mostly Midwestern and Southern states, but there are some surprises like Oregon and Washington. These bills aim to ban medical treatment for gender dysphoria for minors, though Oklahoma does want to go up to 26, criminalize providing said medical treatment, 
allow teachers and school staff to ignore a student's proper name and pronouns, block transgender athletes from playing on the school sports team aligning with their gender, prevent them from using the bathroom they belong in, and even ban drag shows and performances for some reason. To my knowledge, drag is a performance art, and the only body alteration, quote-unquote, that I've heard of is tucking and wearing a corset. And bathroom bills are nothing new. One main selling point of anti-transgender propaganda is the fear that a man could dress up as a woman any day and call himself trans to infiltrate the women's bathroom and rape someone in there. And researching for this episode, I found one instance of a male-to-female individual being arrested after being accused of following a young male into a Walmart bathroom and inappropriately touching him. I also found that a 2019 study concluded that trans youth aged 13 to 17 were 36% more likely to be assaulted and harassed in schools where they're unable to use the bathroom of their choice. This, of course, is not restricted to schools only. Ironically and tragically, in December of 2018, a trans rally woman was approached by two women in Milk Bar's bathroom in North Carolina and sexually and physically assaulted. This is not the first case of violence towards trans people, and it will not be the last. According to UCLA's Williams Institute, trans people are over four times more likely than cisgender individuals to be victims of violence. But some poor kid wanted to die because his hips are too big is the real problem, right? And it's not enough for these transphobic extremists to ban our very queer art forms and our kids from using the bathrooms they want. They're banning books. They're stopping kids from dressing in the appropriate locker rooms. They're even going as far as barring a transgender representative from appearing on the Montana House floor in an attempt to silence her voice. I'm of course talking about Zoe Zephyr, a transgender politician and state house representative from Montana who made the GOP very, very angry recently after speaking out against a proposed bill that would outlaw gender-affirming care for minors across the state. Angry enough, in fact, for them to ask for her to apologize, demand that she apologize, and are not allowing her inside for the rest of the year. In mine and many people's eyes, Ms. Zephyr is a hero who continues to show up for work and sit outside the house floor on a bench or work at a desk, calling the censorship fundamentally undemocratic. Let's take a listen to Chad's thoughts on lawmakers' priorities and Zoe Zephyr's determination after a bit of country by Rakoma. You are listening to Pride Nation 101, queer voices, music, stories, and lives from Mendocino County and beyond. And we must start this next section with a trigger warning. Trigger warning. God bless you. God bless you. And now God bless me because I'm going to take a couple of questions, okay? Uh, where are we going to go with the questions? Do we have a mic at some point? Do we have a little mic? Oh, go ahead, please. Yes, yes, ma'am. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Thank you for the shout out early. I sure. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one of the issues we are super, super passionate about at the New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women is women's sports and keeping biological men out of women's sports and out of women's bathrooms. Right. 
Um, we recently <laughs> released a statement calling... So you can't see the man's face, but there's a funny kind of nostalgic smile when he thinks about biological men in women's bathrooms. So let's listen to that again and listen to the chuckle. He's never been there. And out of women's bathrooms. Right. Um, we recently <laughs> released a statement calling... On- Excuse me if I'm wrong, sue me for libel, but that is not the chuckle of a man whose concern is the safety of young girls. In the face of mass shootings day after day after day, it really is kind of hard to take these people's concern for children and and girls seriously. And I really do feel bad because I know a lot of people do have concern about kids, but it's really hard to take it seriously with the sound, the sound of so many gunshots and screams. I, I watched an old Star Wars movie last night, and at one point Yoda kind of gets shrunken he's small anyway but he shrinks and he gets sad and he notes how there's this dark deep emotional trauma in the force don't you feel it i mean what kind of twisted mind is it that when you hear about five eight ten fifteen young people getting shot by of course a male mass shooter that the first thought that comes to your head is is that, oh no, it's another hoax to take away our guns. To be fair, I did hear recently that really, this is not a gun problem. In fact, the majority of the population is women. And how many times do you hear about gun women committing mass shootings? No, the problem is, unfortunately, men who have not examined their own manhood and are stuck with these high-capacity Lego set weapons called AR-15s. Okay, so enough of my gun rant. Let's talk about transgender issues a little bit more after hearing this clip from another Southern lawmaker. Next okay. question, please. You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? This is on the floor of the Kentucky State Senate. That's horrible. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one I never that said anything about genitalia. Oh, it has there, everything to do okay. with genitalia. I don't know audience, what my rights are audience, right now. Oh audience, if you want to stay in here, I don't know what my rights but, are. But that question was highly inappropriate. To, you do not have to answer any question. If you if you're through, we'll dismiss you. I'm not through with questions, but I'm not going to answer that question. That's okay. highly inappropriate. Again, that, I, you can say that and, and that you're, you're right. So. Okay. Are I'm a healthcare other, professional, a doctor. Please treat me as such. Note that this Kentucky lawmaker is speaking with a healthcare professional, a trained doctor. And let's go to the rundown of what happened in Kentucky. Or the Kentucky General Assembly passing a sweeping anti-trans bill. The WHS Love and 19 was there in Frankfurt for the vote tonight. The bill bans gender-affirming medical care for minors, allows teachers to ignore a student's preferred pronouns, and trans students from using the restroom tied to their gender identities. Let us go to an extremely disturbing ledger from translegislation.com. This is the 2023 anti-trans bill tracker. 528 bills, anti-trans bills, have been introduced in 49 states. 50 of those have been passed. 96, thank God, as if God had anything to do with it, have failed. 382 are actively being pursued. Montana's governor just signed its positively inquisition-style anti-trans bill. 
But on the floor of the Montana legislature, we had a speech from trans lawmaker from Montana, Zoe Zephyr. You've got to hear this. It is my honor today, as with every day in this body, to rise on behalf of my constituents in House District 100 from Missoula, Montana, who elected me to be their representative in the People's House. Today, I rise in defense of those constituents, of my community, and of democracy itself. Last week, I spoke on the governor's amendments to Senate Bill 99, which banned gender-affirming care. This was a bill that was one of many targeting the LGBTQ community in Montana. This legislature has systematically attacked that community. We have seen bills targeting our art forms, our books, our history, and our health care. And I rose up in defense of my community that day, speaking to harms that these bills bring and that I have firsthand experience knowing about. I have had friends who have taken their lives because of these bills. I have fielded calls from families in Montana, including one family whose trans teenager attempted to take her life while watching a hearing on one of the anti-trans bills. And in that hearing, our caucus pleaded with the Republican chair of the Judiciary Committee to not allow certain testimony to keep decorum. And we were told a lot of people have a lot of opinions on these things. So when I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. I was speaking to the real consequences of the votes that we as legislators take in this body. And when the speaker asks me to apologize what he is, uh, on behalf of decorum, what he is really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. He is asking me to be complicit in this legislature's eradication of our community, and I refuse to do so, and I will always refuse to do so. I would also say that if you use decorum to silence people who hold you accountable, then in the name of all you are doing is using decorum as a tool of oppression. Additionally, when the speaker disallowed me to speak, what he was doing is taking away the voices of the 11,000 Montanans who who elected me to speak on their behalf. And when I was continued to not be recognized, what my constituents in my community did is came here and said, that is our voice in this body. Let her speak. Let her speak. And when the speaker gaveled down the people demanding that democracy work, demanding that their representative be heard, when he gaveled down, what he was doing is driving a nail in the coffin of democracy. But you cannot kill democracy that easily. And that is why they kept chanting, let her speak. And why I raised my microphone to amplify their voices, to make sure that the people who elected me here are heard. And that when this body seeks to pass bills that harm our community, that get us killed, that this body is held accountable for those actions. I'm not sure what comes next here, but what I will say is I will do what I have always done. I will rise in support of my community. I will take the hard and moral choice 
and stand up in defense of the people who elected me to do so and the people in our communities. And I will say I'm grateful for those who stood up in defense of democracy on Monday. And I will also say that I hear everyone, I hear my constituents, I hear your constituents who say thank you for standing up. And while there were comments about safety, I would say that the protest was peaceful. And I would also say that when we talk safety, we think about the safety that our bills bring or don't bring. Because you say there was staff endangered, but I know in this building, in the quiet hallways when it's just me, the staff come up to me and they say thank you. They say thank you for defending our community because they have loved ones who these bills attack, who these bills hurt. I will always stand up for them and I will always, no matter what happens today, stand up for democracy in the state of Montana. Thank you. How about that, Zoe Zephyr? I am looking forward to seeing where you're going in the future. Yes, yes. How about a couple statistics to put things into perspective? In 2021, there were 48,830 gun deaths. And guess, I'm going to give you a second to guess what percentage of those were suicides. 54% of all gun-related deaths in the United States in 2021 were suicides. 26,328 that we know of. That is one heck of a mass shooting. The year before that, how many allegations of clergy abuse were reported in 2020? More than 4,200. And you can guarantee that hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands, were not reported and we may never hear about. Okay, the most crucial statistic of all, how many people died at drag story hour or victim of a drag queen or a transgender person in the United States? Zero. So let's go back to those numbers. 48,000. Yep. 24,000. Yep. 4,200. Yep. And zero. Which number do you prefer? It really just feels to me like some big distraction. A decoy being thrown at us from seeing reality. The lives of so many thousand people are being used as a distraction from the fact that the right cannot stop the real problems nor admit their own responsibility in climate change or their own responsibility in just this mass slaughter of children. Let us hear those crucial statistics one more time. 42,000 gun deaths in 2021. 24,000 of them suicides. 4,200 incidents of clergy abuse in 2020. Zero. Count them. Zero deaths at Drag Queen Story Hour or anywhere that transgender people are going to the bathroom. For the most part, transgender people are harmless. You can say that about the entire earth. I mean, most people are not ready to kick your teeth in and call you a slur. And you are very, very unlikely to get punched just walking down the street. But gender dysphoria itself can be very dangerous. Gender dysphoria is what you have to be diagnosed with in order to gain access to medical intervention, which can include hormonal blockers, hormonal treatment, or surgeries. It helps contribute to depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts, violent outbursts and behaviors, anger issues, and more. It's not just a hatred of your body. It's a very, very real discomfort. It's painful to live with at times. Multiple reputable medical organizations like the American Academy of Family Physicians and the American Medical Association, recognize gender dysphoria as a legitimate illness and diagnosis 
and support medical intervention and support for transgender folks. Studies show that even supportive family is enough to lower suicidal thoughts and depression in a transgender person, especially if their community and their peers are in on it as well. Gender-affirming care can also do wonders on improving a person's life. But the word transitioning does not automatically equal medical intervention. Some people hear about someone's transition and assume they're going to regret it or only hope that they know what they're getting themselves into. The thing is, some people are happy with just changing their name and outfit. Their presentation was a thorn in their side that finally got ripped out, and that's perfectly fine. This does not make them any less trans or queer, and it certainly shouldn't deny them respect or care. These days, it is much easier to transition the way you see fit for you. The people behind and in support of these bills, most of them being hardcore, right-wing, white, cisgender, straight folks who've never been oppressed in their lives, seem to think doctors and medical professionals are happy to throw out needles and handmade dicks to anyone who's ever dyed their hair and cuffs their jeans. And that is just not the case. It is still pretty damn hard to obtain hormones and blockers and surgeries in this country. It was getting easier, especially in a state like California. But it takes a bit of fighting and a lot of patience. Plus, beforehand, you have to transition socially and you have to make sure you can get support and or permission from your parents and family. You got to convince your insurance. You even have to make sure that your body is compatible with whatever treatment you're trying to receive. In your mind, you have to prepare yourself mentally. You have to get ready to accept whatever physical changes may come, wanted or unwanted, to potentially lose friends and relatives to get looked at weirdly and treated differently, talked to differently, all while watching our brothers and sisters and siblings on the other side of the country flee their homes to safer states because people are using us as political pawns. These lawmakers like to claim that they're protecting people, protecting children, but they are not. They don't care about children. If little Susie wants to feel safe knowing she's actually a he and will be able to grow a mustache thanks to the blockers her mom asked for, that's too bad. Because instead, kids have to worry about the possibility of ripping their tiny bodies in half, giving birth to the product of a rape, or hiding under their teacher's desk while an active shooter breaks the door down, or saying yes to some strange old man who asks their parents for their little hand in marriage without ever talking to their child bride. It's the same reason why Roe v. Wade was just overturned, and why so few gun laws have been put into place, and why interracial marriage is suddenly an issue again. It's because these people, these politicians, these lawmakers, these cowards, want power. And they want it all. They know they can easily pick on the already oppressed minority groups around them to have them at their fingertips. And the supporters pushing for these bills to become law probably have legitimately convinced themselves that their kids are going to be touched in the bathroom by a woman there to check her hair and pee. Now that we're all riled up, let's cool down with a short music break. This is Not Around by Rit Momney. For those just now tuning in, you are listening to Pride Nation 101. Queer stories, music, opinions, and lives from Mendocino County and beyond. Let's continue. It's easy to become discouraged knowing lawmakers are getting away with stuff like this fairly easily. But I'd like to provide a reminder of how lucky we are to live in such a beautiful place with so many accepting and multifaceted people in a state like California. Last year, Chad and I interviewed our friends Melissa and Carol, a lesbian couple from Brazil who've built a stable and wonderful life in Mendocino. This can help us remember that it will take a lot more than some ridiculous bills to rip queer people's lives away. This was recorded in the spring of 2022, just before Bolsonaro actually lost the election. 
Here we have with us Melissa Fornari, an English-Portuguese translator and professor at Mendocino College, and her spouse, Carol Ben-Simon, a published author in Portuguese and translated to English. We are accompanied by a Greek chorus of ravens and roosters. First, though, we're going to hear a song recommended by Melissa and Carol, a Manina Danza, by Novos Baianos. Carol and Melissa, thank you for being with us today. Would you be so kind as to introduce yourselves? Sure. So my name is Melissa. I'm from um, the city of Porto Alegre in the south of Brazil. <laughs> my name's Carol. I'm also from Porto Alegre, southern Brazil. And I'm a writer, a novelist. And uh, I teach ESL at the Mendocino College. And I also work as a translator interpreter. And Carol, I heard that you have a book that might be made into a movie. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, well, it's a possibility. I, I sold the, the movie rights. I hope it will become a, a movie, but I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I wrote a novel that is set in, in the Mendocino coast. Yeah. Wow. That's why, I, I mean, we live here now, but that's how everything sort of started. <laughs> What is the name of the novel? In English, it would be... The Smoke Gardeners Club, but it's published in Portuguese. I have one novel that was published uh, into English. It's called We All Loved Cowboys. Nice. Yeah. That's great. And this is the one that she sold the um, audiovisual rights. Uh-huh. Uh, we All Loved Cowboys. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we hope it will be made into a movie. So is Smoke Gardeners Club going to come out in America? I don't know. I hope it, it will someday, yeah. And how long have you been teaching? Um, well, I've been teaching second languages, Portuguese and English, for about 15 years now. Oh, wow. So I started working in Brazil. That was my major in college. I studied to be a language teacher um, and to teach Portuguese and English as a second language. And then when we moved here in 2018... I applied to a position at, the, at Mendocino College for a part-time instructor, and, uh, and I've been working there since spring 2018. You said you moved here in 2018. Did you move here together? Yes, we did. Uh, so I was writing this novel. I started in 2016, yes, and I spent... Uh, Before that. Before that, <laughs> maybe 15. Yeah, so... And then we got up. officially married, right? Yes, <laughs> so we were we had been together for three years. No, two years at the time. Did you get married in Brazil? Yes, we did. Uh -huh. yeah. And is it possible to legally be married in Brazil mm -hmm. as a gay couple? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think... The mm -hmm. place where we got married officially was one of the first like offices in Brazil Nari office. something like that yeah But so that was one of the first ones in Brazil to offer like to have where gay couples would be able to get married how long have you been together Officially, we have to think about that every time because yes. we have several dates, like the marriage, and first time we kissed. I don't know. Yeah, I think officially we can consider December of um, 2015. Yeah. Yes, because mm -hmm. that was the first time that we were together. Uh, but we had been friends before for many years. 
since 2010. So we've, we, we, were, we had been friends for like six years. And then finally, but we always had kind of this ambiguous relationship. <laughs> you know, I, I had many other friends who were girls, but with her, it was different somehow. And, uh, and then finally, but we were both in different relationships for that whole time. And then finally, one day, we, um, we went on a trip together. And then, you know, things started. <laughs> How do you identify? Do you feel like there was acceptance of your lifestyle in Brazil? Yes, because I was sort of a, a bubble, a literary bubble. And uh, yeah, I had experience homophobia. I remember one episode when I was like probably 18, 19. I was in a pool bar with a girlfriend and then... I don't know, we touched each other and then this guy came, he was the owner of the place and he said, oh, you have to leave. Uh, that was, I think, the only uh, episode I experienced. Um. Yeah, but it, it has changed a lot since the early 2000s, you know, in the past 20 years or so, a lot. Uh, I remember having uh, friends who were gay, that was around 2005, six. And we were all in a party together one time. And I really, I always, that was a place that was not a gay place, but it was kind of um, very diverse. Like you had gay couples, heterosexual couples, you know, and uh, bisexual people. And it was really real. I, I noticed at the time that I liked these types of place. So where, you know, everybody could do whatever and... Uh, so anyways, one time we were at this party and uh, at this specific place where we used to go and I left earlier um, and some of my friends stayed until almost morning um, and uh, so they were walking home, a group of three guys and they were attacked and, uh, and, uh, and you know, people just, they were beaten up just mm -hmm. because they were walking on the street and being gay. So, and our younger friends now who are gay or bisexual we don't hear i don't know if it's just our circle but we don't hear those types of stories as often nowadays mm -hmm. um but of course there of course is a lot of homophobia yeah. in brazil still especially um because of you know the political voices nowadays and our president and uh so that type of discourse, anti-gay discourse became really strong since Bolsonaro was elected and it was just like a retrocess of yeah. a lot of... But uh, also gay movement became really strong at the same yeah, time. Yeah, as a yeah. reaction to yeah. that, there is a lot of action, you know, um, in that sense. For example, even companies, you know, businesses, they have, like here, like there is a focus on diversity, on hiring people from different backgrounds and different um, experiences and sexual orientations and so on. So, um, and schools are also very involved in like helping and like offering some space. So I, I think in that sense, it's similar to here. Mm -hmm. Was Bolsonaro part of your uh, motivation to relocate here? I think we could feel something in the air already when we decided to move. No, so we moved here. here we moved here in September. Uh, I mean, last day of August, uh, and he was elected in October. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, when the results came out, it, the feeling was like a feeling of we felt like 
as if somebody had died, you know, that feeling when you lose someone or... It was just awful. It was because it was like, okay, this voice, gone. Like, you know, like this. These are the values that people are wanting right now. Like, that's impossible because ha there had been so much change since the early 2000s until, you know, and so there was the same thing that happened here with Trump, probably. Yeah, very similar. But yeah. I think Bolsonaro's uh, strength was more in terms of values, like his discourse against minorities, against even against women. And obviously, like, okay, there's, you know, everybody's going crazy, doing whatever they want. Let's go back to the order and to the way things should be according to the conservative point of view. So it was terrible, you know, knowing that so many people would agree with that. That's so much like... Trump, they're identical almost. And my own situation yeah. that I really was less politically active in the queer world until Trump was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I when I was younger I was, but then I was, I'm in a relationship with a woman and uh, long term and it just didn't feel like it was appropriate. But once that voice, you know, gained prominence and those voices, I felt it was very important for myself and then getting to know Roland and how important it is for you know for us all to be visible role models to people that they can see that we exist yeah we are here yeah it, it is very similar because I remember when Bolsonaro won uh, one of our friends uh, he was desperate saying that he didn't want to spend Christmas with his parents because they both voted for Bolsonaro so yeah I think that create a lot of tension in like in the families as well mm -hmm. especially older generations and you know younger generations and so on and and also with you know social media and things like people sharing their ideas so much I think you get to see that side of people that you know it's it's crazy and then when you see that you know, reflected on the elections and that. So I think we were lucky to be here during that time. And especially, yeah. of course, our city is is a place where it's much... It's not a bad place to be in Porto Alegre. You know, our city in Brazil, there are other places in Brazil that are really, really bad in terms of being gay and being, you know, being out, um, mm -hmm. like just walking on the street and stuff. So our city is a very safe place, I could say. Um, and But moving here to this specific place was also, I think we were very lucky to be, you know, starting a new life in this place here when all of that was going on. So we could put a little bit of distance between all that political craziness and retrocess and our private lives. So that was really good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that idea, oh my God, this is all going on. Like, let's, you know, run away to live in the mountains. So I think that's what we did. <laughs> and would you say you feel accepted here and supported? I think we do, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we've just had, we, we haven't had yet the experience of going to other states that are more conservatives, but here we feel very accepted. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were thinking about that, you know, this question would come up, and we were thinking about, like, weird situations we've had. Can I tell about that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and one of them is since the first days when we were here, so it happened a few times here in Fort Bragg, especially, like, 
you know, at the grocery store or somewhere. You know, but people, also when we were traveling. And, when, like, and then later when we, we were traveling, like we were in California, let's say a national park, or, you know, we went to Humboldt and that happened too. So the situation is we're just walking around, holding hands, and different people approach us and they go, hi, excuse me, are you two sisters? And we were no. <laughs> or in the beginning, people approached us like it's not someone we were talking to. It was just someone who came out of nowhere. Like, excuse me, are you twins? And yeah, it's very weird. And then we were like, no, we are not. And then Carol said, no, we are married. And just one time, uh, a guy made like kind of a dirty comment. Because we said, we were so surprised at the grocery store. We're like, no, we're not twins. And he was like, oh, I would be so lucky. He said something like that. And I kind of ignored, you know, and let's go away. And let's get out of here, you know. And But after that specific situation, you know, because there were three or four that happened in a row, like really close to one another, it, that started bothering me. Because I don't think you see a heterosexual couple... And you come and you say, excuse me, are you siblings? You know? And so I said, I told her that that's going to be my answer next time. You know, if someone asks me, are you sisters? I'm going to look at the man and, and, you know, whoever is with him and say, because normally it's guys who ask that. I'm going to say, well, how about you? Are you two brothers or are you two siblings? You know, it's such a weird question. So we think people want to ask us something about why are we holding hands why are we doing this you know but they don't want to be um not nice uh, so they ask we for sisters but that's not very nice either <laughs> i think you have a great plan <laughs> that response is perfect i think it's a window into the evolving concepts of gender mm-hmm. and um, non-binariness mm-hmm. that i had two friends um a lesbian couple 20 years ago here and neither of them were in quotes butch mm-hmm. and it was very hard for people even other women to accept they didn't really understand because there's this idea that well we don't fit into the you know standard mm-hmm. hetero ideals of the world but we still were going to be there's going to be the the in the gay world the top and the bottom mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. you're dealing you're you're still dealing with uh, like those built-up stereotypes yeah. yes. even in the place where it's really well accepted and people are yeah when i was young one of my favorite books and movies was um the kiss of the spider woman mm-hmm. by manuel puig from argentina for people who don't know the story it's two people in a prison cell and one is a very effeminate gay man and one is a very hardcore revolutionary mm-hmm. and the metaphor that i see is is that they were it is two parts of one personality and one mind and it feels so old fashioned now and i'm so glad we're we're breaking mm-hmm. out of that mm-hmm. <laughs> right. that paradigm i don't remember oh one time in brazil someone asked us if we were sisters but it was like there were two people together, and this woman was selling us. It was a little mar- market, and we were buying earrings and stuff. And then this woman asked, are you sisters? And then immediately someone who was with her said, hey, no, they're not even related. Don't you see? So the other person was saying, like, shut up. They obviously are, you know, a couple. So that was the only situation. But here it happened a few times, yeah. and this past ones that were in a row, it created kind of uh, a discussion between us because mm-hmm. we we wanted 
about how to answer, you know. And so, yeah, this day we were just, you know, walking in the woods, hiking together, and we were discussing, like, how to respond to these people who want, who want to see, ask if we're sisters. So I was really angry because that created this t type of tension between us, you know, and um, and like you can just you don't have to walk around having to explain to people uh, what's your relationship to the person who was with you, you know. That is kind of a question that we've been talking about. That um, are we living in a, a post queer world? It's not that it wouldn't be a big deal. It's not that people wouldn't care about it, but it would be just like your son brings home a boyfriend and that is it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's nothing else to it there's no harassment there's no name calling yeah. there's no secret whispers behind closed doors mm -hmm. there's none of that no physical violence of mm -hmm. course but do you think your generation is going towards this direction i think i think we have a way to go mm. because with my generation of course there's a lot of very radical people but there's also There's also very young, entitled people. Like, the reason we have all of these names coming up, all of these new terms for sexualities and genders, there are people that are making it up, which there's very few of them, but just a few of those means that people are not going to take us seriously, and it's really, it's mm -hmm. really sad. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the more that we embrace everything that we want to, the more that we come up with terms that better suit us, come up with sexualities that better suit us, and have the confidence to just be ourselves and be happy in our own skin. Mm -hmm. And I believe even the most accepting of people are going to have a hard time accepting it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be maybe two or three more generations until we can really reach that potential. Mm -hmm. Need, or I don't know, no, this, this idea of coming and asking, like, what, what are you doing here? What, you know, what Is it a couple or sisters or, you know, like people feeling the need of you having to explain to them what you are all the time or, or what you're doing or, you know, what that relationship is. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I agree with you. Like I would rather just have, you know, uh, which was my idea actually, because like we had this experience one time, we went to San Francisco and we were just walking around in Castro and there was this, um, You know this group of naked guys this um, <laughs> it was just like a group of guys older than much older than us they were probably in their 60s or, or older even and they were just naked wearing like some belts and you know our vests or whatever but everything else was naked and we were actually looking at the reaction of people walking past them and some people were just oh, okay those naked guys and uh, <laughs> and we saw there were some tourists that for them it was really shocking um, Uh, there was one woman, I think she kind of, you know, like she yelled and she got scared. And then later we went to get, co get coffee somewhere and one of the guys was just behind me in line. I was like, oh, hi, you know. So it would be so nice just to have this type of reaction, you know. Oh, how's it going? You know, yes. you know I don't care. I don't want you to explain to me why you're naked or, you know, what you're doing there. You're just naked there. Okay, it's your deal. You're, it's, you know. Those were two women who have moved here from Brazil and have really greatly enriched our community. Melissa Fornari, an English-Portuguese translator and professor at Mendocino College, and her spouse, Carol Ben-Simon, a published author in Portuguese and translated to English. Now, you may be asking yourself, what can be done? Why should we care when this is happening in states miles and miles away from us? Well, it's the same reason why men should care about abortion rights 
and why white people should care about black voters. These politicians, mostly Republican, are derailing the progress we've made over these past decades by picking us apart bit by bit. These bills are able to divide us and create space for more fear-mongering, which only allows for more people to push for dangerous laws to pass and for more minorities to lose protections, respect, and eventually their lives. In the states where all this is going down, people are encouraged to find boots-on-the-ground activist groups and support them. They're also encouraged to contact their state representatives and share their thoughts. But since we are not there, we could help by donating to organizations like the Trevor Project and Transformation Project. Groups like these have been dedicated to making huge efforts to provide education to people about queer folks for years, and now they're actually joining the fight against these anti-transgender bills. There are plenty of ways to learn about these bills and laws yourself. You can check out multiple trackers like the one the ACLU has set up. This will inform you if new bills were to pop up as well, which would not be very surprising, honestly. But you can learn for yourself and read about Texas's new definition of child abuse or North Carolina's deliberate effort to out transgender kids by letting state staff report them for gender nonconformity. I encourage you to take a look at these documents and educate yourself, because who knows if bills like this are going to stop? Who knows if more, even more radical bills are going to start coming into play? One article that's a fairly easy read would be Vice News' is How You Personally Can Fight the Anti-Trans Bills Surging Across the U.S. Vice isn't necessarily my favorite, but this piece definitely has plenty of information. Finally, just be there. Be there for your trans friends and your trans kids and your trans coworkers. They are not monsters and they know it. Show them you know it too. Because trans people and queer people have as a whole been demonized for centuries. And then we were fine sometime. We were doing pretty okay in the U.S., but now, when there's homeless people freezing in the streets and kids dying in school and people rationing their insulin because they can't afford it, now is when they want to do this. Now is when they want to go back to terrorizing the LGBTQ community. There are for sure people who think we deserve this. There are definitely people who want us dead. There are definitely people who think these laws are perfectly sensible and going to lead to more safety in schools, in bathrooms, less Children raped, less children dying, less children indoctrinated, less values encroached on. That's not our goal. If people wanted to do that, they would have done it already. And transgender people would have taken over this state. They would have installed mandatory hormone injections for everybody, mandatory surgeries. Nobody's allowed to have boobs. But that's not the case because it's not some terrible ideology. It's not some doctrination cult. It's not some awful group who's out to get you. It's just somebody who wants their inside to match the outside and their outside to match the inside and for people to acknowledge them as such as who they are on the inside. And I cannot believe that in 2023, this is still the case. This is still happening. We still have to argue about this. The safest we were was in ancient Greece and then all of a sudden we're coming full circle, but now that's been cut away. Who's to say that these people in Kentucky and Tennessee and Texas and Florida and Missouri are even safe walking down the street? We don't know. We're not sure. And they're not sure either. That's the worst part. They don't know if they should flee and pack up everything and move to California or the Northeast Coast. They don't know if they should flee the country even because everything else is going to hell. Why not? The state of these affairs are absolutely devastating. And I feel so sorry for anybody who is okay hearing about this, who is all right with this. 
Because it's not just about us. It's about you too. What if they go after you next? There was one clip I played in the beginning of the intro where a woman is screaming in a crowd. First you hated black people, then you hated Jews. Now you hate everybody. And she goes on to say, when there's no one else to hate, will you hate yourself? I myself, I don't know if you can tell, I'm getting plenty mad reading the news every day. And Chad is as well. I mean, he watched me suffer for two years. I came out as trans six years ago, and I'm only now starting to feel mostly okay. It's already hard enough to not be cis. And hearing about how things are going down a couple flights away from me is making me pretty grateful to live on the West Coast. I have been harassed. I have heard infinite and hurtful and hateful comments made by my family. I have dealt with suicidal thoughts and experienced my fair share of violent outbursts and tantrums. And so have the majority of my trans friends. And we are all sick of it. We're all sick of watching it happen to each other. But that's because we are all directly affected by dysphoria and all its buddies. What it all comes down to is education. Transphobia stems from misinformation and hate and can very easily seep into every crevice possible as we're seeing now. If you're so devastated and concerned that your used-to-be niece will severely regret getting his aching breast removed, know that this is the decision of the individual who decided to pay $10,000 to get said breast removed and no one else's. It wasn't some money-hungry doctor talking them into signing some paper, and it wasn't a drag queen spiking their drink with testosterone. There is so much information that you can read and watch and listen to in order to learn how a trans person's brain came to be a trans person's brain and why and how transitioning helps them out. Anybody who is 100% transgender will know. They will know for sure. And they will learn how to navigate the world the way they need to in order to stick around as long as possible and as safely as possible. Even some 10 years ago, People thought that transgenders and detransitioning were some of the greatest threats kids would face as they got older. But there is a medical and statistical proof that transitioning saves lives. Transitioning helps. That being said, it's okay and even necessary to let yourself and your family and your friends experience phases. If your son wants to wear a tutu one day and football gear the next and high heels after that, let them. Who says it's going to be permanent? And it's not like it's some awful, terrible thing that your kid wants to experience that. Because people are enigmas. And it's important to have a little taste of everything because that helps us grow and become who we're meant to be. So get your nails done and go to dinner in your favorite suit and tie. And let your sister and your brothers swap outfits without freaking out on them. Teach yourself and those around you that only you know who you are on the inside. And everything on the outside is just a tool to help you out on whatever journey you may be on. More importantly, know there will always be bad people in the world. There will always be people who think I'm making a big mistake, who think I'm going to infect their child, maybe even think that I and people like me should be dead. But they have absolutely zero right to parade us around as freaks, to push their political narrative and stop us from getting the life-saving care and support we deserve. I'm going to be real honest with you. I spent plenty of time thinking about these laws, thinking about my life going forward, thinking about what would have happened, what I would have been going through right now if I was living in Tennessee, Kentucky, the South, the Midwest, wherever. And it's hard thinking about that for sure. It's rough because I know that I would have 
definitely killed myself by now. I would have killed myself by now. Hearing that these laws were in place, knowing that I would not be able to get my surgery, to get my hormones, to get anything that I needed, even a stupid gender marker on a passport or an ID, that's absolutely atrocious. And this is what real kids over there are feeling. This is what real adults over there are feeling. People are going to kill themselves because of these laws. That is the simplest thing you can say about it. People will die. The majority of people, I imagine, will never experience suicidal thoughts in their lives. And some of them probably include the people behind these laws, the lawmakers, the people paying for them, the people campaigning for them, maybe even the people supporting them. We don't know. We can't say for sure. But what I can say for sure is if you want people to not have access to the life-saving medication and treatment that they have been fighting for for centuries, you're kind of a dirtbag. And I only hope to God that you will never have to experience the fear that is flooding through people's bodies right now. I hope that nobody ever takes away your insulin, that nobody ever takes away your chemotherapy, that nobody ever takes away your life-saving heart medication. Nobody should ever have to be faced with that. Nobody should have to be told to their face that the government does not care for you. I only hope that it stops here and does not go any further, that these bills stay bills, that they get shut down in committee, that people come to their senses and realize that this is not okay. I'd like to leave you with my favorite quote from Zoe Zephyr. We will not be complicit in our eradication, even when hell freezes over. I will not be complicit in our eradication. She didn't say the part about hell freezing over, by the way. That was me. Here's some local and national resources for you if you or anyone you know may be experiencing extremely dark or suicidal thoughts. In Menno County, we have Redwood Community Services 24-7 Crisis Hotline, which is 1-855-838-0404. The Trevor Project's text line is 678-678. The Trevor Project's call line is 1-866-488-488. 7386. The Trevor Project is an organization that caters more towards LGBTQ plus folks. Check out their website for an online chat option as well. The Self-Harm Prevention Line is 711-711. And the National Suicide Hotline number changed a few months back to 988. I'd like to thank Chad Swimmer for asking me to help make this show all those episodes ago. I would like to say thank you again to Carol and Melissa for coming onto our show and bearing their souls to us. I'd like to give an honorary thank you to Miss Zoe Zephyr for being such a rock in this mess. And to you, our listeners, for spending the past hour with us, Pride Nation 101. And I would like to give a shout out to Disquiet Media's new fiscal sponsor, Cloud Forest Institute. Go to cloudforest.org. And if you're wondering why an environmental organization is supporting a queer organization, it's because... We're all in it together. Let us not forget our friends at KZYXNZ, listener-powered community radio for Mendocino County and beyond. And also a shout-out to Manu Martinez of KCXU San Jose, engaging diverse community voices. And Tanya at Redwood Community Radio, KMUD Garberville, Eureka Laytonville, and Shelter Cove. Thank you for picking up our show. And as always, the views and opinions expressed by those of us on the show are not the views and opinions of those people who are listening. Wait a minute, let me get this correct. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of only our guests and ourselves, and not those of the staff management of any station that might air this show. Thank you.